Where's Journey? I know. Journey? What's he doing? He's awfully quiet. Oh, he's standing oh. by the gate. He oh. wants to go outside. But but not right now because it's podcast yeah. time. Journey, Journey, Journey. Journey was the first dog we rescued with fa fairy tales. And I mean, I ended up adopting him, but he's really come to be such a mascot of our fairy tales dog rescue. And he's also an ambassador for all rescue dogs that come through us because he is a pit bull and he, he was once a dog that was going to be euthanized in the shelters. We rescued him, we trained him, and now he's the best friend to every scared little rescue dog that comes through our organization. He really is. It's always my favorite to see Journey, see the photos of Journey with the small dogs because they always have that bad rap that like they kill chihuahuas and they eat little dogs and Journey loves little dogs and the dogs start to feel confident around him and it teaches them to not be afraid of big dogs and so it's just a beautiful relationship and my favorite is just I, I just love seeing him curled up with those little dogs those little scared dogs and he's like protects them and it really it really gets a good example of what pit bulls are and we love showing off journey on our social media uh, with the dogs because we hope that he can also teach people not to be afraid of pit bulls uh, because the uh, pit bulls are suffering a lot from uh, a bad rap and uh, not to mention that they're in the shelters and they're being euthanized more than any other dog and so it's really an unlucky breed yeah you know and it's you know it just goes if you want to relate it to the human aspect is we, we there's a, there, it's, it comes down to f not uh, not understanding or not having experience or knowledge so when people have fear of people from other countries or different skin color it's because they don't have experience or relationships with them and don't have their know their stories or they just don't understand and and it's so it's just that's why we're here it's just to create um, more awareness that's right and that's such a good uh, way to to liken it to because it's the same if you have uh, uh, you know, uh, white people living in the Western countries and you have uh, Arab or African refugees coming into these countries and people have no knowledge or experience with different cultures and they just hear bad things and they assume that's the truth because one person did a bad thing and that person was from so-and-so country and then it becomes the truth for everybody. But it's not the truth. Yeah. The same thing happens for Pitbull. It is. It's really true. And, you know, I, I, th I think of this article that I read recently, it's, it's, and it's happening in um, a lot of the, the European countries where they have these cafes called uh, storytelling. And you can go there. You go there, basically, and there's people from all over the world, uh, different ethnic backgrounds, different stories, you know, lesbian, gay as well, just different minorities. And you can sit across from them, and they share their story with you. And could, wouldn't, you, wouldn't that be cool to have, like, a cafe of pit bulls so people who have, are afraid can have time with a pit bull and get rid of their fear? And I love that idea. <laughs> that would be so cool, wouldn't it? That would be so cool. And Journey would be one of the dogs he at that cafe. Would. He just loves people. Like, he is obsessed with people. He's just like, gets so excited. Hi, 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 I love you, I love you, I love you. He sure is. But today's topic is about uh, breed bands. And we're really, you know, the reason we're talking about this is because there has been 
um, laws against certain breeds, especially pit bulls, and the misconception and the misinformation that's been out there. And because of this ban, what's happened is the pit bulls are being euthanized more than ever. They're being victimized. They're being abused. And they are one of the most bred dogs. So it can you just can imagine how many dog pit bulls out there are being discriminated against. And they're also one of the most uh, most euthanized dog in America. And the all dogs we see the most in shelters. And they're also the dogs that are the most mentioned in the media in the context of dog fights. Or in any context, you see more about the pit bull than any other dog breed. And so uh, stories about pit bull attacks in the media have caused legislation on breed bans throughout America. F-A-I-R-Y-T-A Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Louise. You know, the data doesn't lie. As you can say, people lie, but numbers don't lie. And the fact that when they did ban pit bulls in Colorado, or was it Denver? Was it just Denver? It wasn't Denver, the okay. capital of Colorado. Okay, so it wasn't the whole state. But what was interesting, because in the media, we hear about all of these, these attacks from pit bulls, but come to find out, there is attacks from all kinds of other dogs. We don't hear about that. So why are pit bulls being pinpointed as the, the ones that are at fault solely? They are the, the victim of our time in the media right now. It's all about pit bulls, but it doesn't reflect the reality. And like I said, uh, because of the media attention on the pit bulls and the fights that have been, it has led to legislation. And I think one of the best examples of this is the story of what happened in Denver with the pit bull ban that was brought into effect in 1989. So the pit bull ban in Denver, it came to after two horrific dog attacks on humans that happened by pit bulls. Uh, the first incident was in 1986. It was horrible. It was a three-year-old child who wandered into a neighbor's yard and was killed by their pit bull. Yeah, no, it's terrible. But it could have been any dog if the, you know you walk if a child walked into the backyard and a dog felt like he was protecting his home. You know, it could have been any other. I mean, it could have been another. It could have been lab. Like what I learned from you is Labradors have the most bites. Yeah, according to some statistics, they are definitely in the top of the bites. The uh, other thing that happened uh, that led to the pit bull ban in Denver was uh, two years after, uh, three years after that in 1989, when a reverend um, uh, got attacked by a pit bull. He got more than 70 bites and two broken legs. So obviously people got really angry and scared and boom, they put in a pit bull ban and said no more of these dogs because they got scared of these things that happen. However, after the pit bull ban, the city of Denver has still been struggling with dog attacks, even after they removed the pit bulls. So it doesn't solve the problem. And, well, and that's the thing, numbers don't lie. So, you know, we have to look at that and understand what is the real problem. And I think that we never get to the source, you know, in many of these laws that come about. It's like, what is the source? Um, so this is just an, a perfect example. The source is, you know, the owners that are, are not doing their due diligence to 
protect other people um, by making sure that their dog's trained and socialized and um, brought up properly. Or also a big one is people who use their dogs for dog fighting. One thing that the media articles don't uh, mention at all when they write about pit bull attacks is that they don't talk about whether the dog was unfixed or not, mm. meaning if the dogs were neutered and spayed. And this is uh, the situation in most cases of dog attacks is that they are not fixed. So this is a big issue. It's not a focus on the breed, but it should be a focus on whether the dog is spayed and neutered or not. Mm. And it's also interesting to mention that most of these pit bull attacks has occurred with dogs being off-leash in public. Mm. And not every dog should be off-leash in public. And a lot of dogs need a lot of training before they're off-leash in public. So that is also an issue. It's not, it doesn't come down to a breed being more aggressive than others. It comes down to the pet parents' responsibility to train and care for their dogs. And what we see uh, is Journey that... Journey agrees with that. When you said that, his tail just started wagging. He's like, that's right. <laughs> that is right, Journey. It is so true. And why is it that not getting your dogs spayed and neutered, not a law? Exactly. It should be a law. It is here in San Francisco. Uh, as a couple of years back, you have to ha if you have a pit bull, you have to have them spayed and neutered. But why just pit bulls? It is an aggressive uh, dog breed list, so it's more than the pit bulls. Um, but pit bulls are always the, the main breed on the aggressive dog list. And so even though this issue does concern other dogs, like Akitas and bull terriers and such, like we are... Uh, focusing on the pit bulls uh, today, but yes, of course, it includes so many of these uh, so-called aggressive breeds. But how much is it being? Um, how much is it being supported? How much is it being monitored? Like I, you and I have seen several pit bulls out there with balls. So it's like, are they even regulating this? It's it is regulated, but it's not enforced. Enforced because yeah. this costs a lot of money yeah. to do. Uh, I mean, that, that is one of the backsides about having a breed ban, because if you're going to implement it and really keep up with it, you're going to spend a lot of money. In Denver, for example, animal control get, it gets a call about uh, a dog that is suspected to be a pit bull. They go and investigate the dog and they bring it in and they euthanize it. So from investigation to impound to euthanization, it costs the city roughly $256 for one dog. Mm. So financially, breed bans have proven to be a huge disaster financially. So between the cost of enforcing the ban, kenneling the confiscated pit bulls and caring for them and euthanizing a large portion of them, DNA testing them to make sure they're even pit bulls, mm. and the litigation costs, and, uh, uh, and um, the city is left with a giant and unnecessary bill that the taxpayers are paying for. According to the National Canine Research Council, the estimated associated costs with Denver's ban in Colorado add up to almost $1 million per year. Wow. 
I mean, think about what you, I, when I hear these numbers of how certain things cost and how much waste we're spending on things that don't work and don't matter and where that money could go towards, I mean, it's just, it, this is, goes back to this, the, the actual source of the problem. That money should be to, to the source and really educating the public, also funding spay and neutering, um, helping with training, giving, you know, especially for, for breeds such as pit bulls and other um, labeled aggressive breeds, is, is they, I mean, we, we could do so much better. And like we pointed out, the issue is not the breed. The issue is irresponsible and uneducated pet parents. Yeah. So the breed ban, it causes people to become misinformed on dog safety. And maybe the most damaging of all the effects of the breed bans is that it perpetuates the myth that pit bulls are violent and dangerous. So if Denver learned from that law not working, so the, the rest of the world needs to learn from it as well. And that's what we're doing this for. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, important to mention that they actually lifted the... the a part, in a way, of the pit bull ban in Denver two years ago, in 2020. Uh, so you're not allowed to just casually get a pit bull in Denver anymore, but you can get one, but you have to get them registered uh, um, with the, um, let's see, what's it called? <sighs> you know, it's funny is pit bulls are the ones that are most discriminated here in America. Did you know that in Australia, they're the most coveted breed and they're hard to get? And, you know, um, so there is some organizations, some shelters that work with people to not fly to Australia. So awfully far. You're holding the mic backwards. Oh, now. oops. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just it's just funny to me because it's 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 not. Um, yeah, they're the coveted breed in, in Australia. Everyone wants one They're It's hard to get. They're also very expensive. I mean, isn't that it's like I wish we could fly them from here all the overcrowded shelters here to australia but can you imagine that would be one hell of a flight those poor dogs so you know it's just it's just unfair i love that and that really speaks to the truth about pit bulls too because that shows that they're not having this problem in australia and they don't view these dogs that same way in australia so it's a matter of culture and misinformation in the context of geography because on the other side of the world, this is not the situation. So thank you, Australia. Yeah, and that's what's interesting you said. It's a matter of culture, and perhaps there is a culture of, well, not perhaps, we are aware there's a culture of using pit bulls in dogfighting, and that is something, dogfighting, we've had episodes on this before, so I'm just going to just touch on it really lightly, but it, it is something that we should go after instead of the breed. Yeah, and to be fair, the breed bands has also sought to end the dog fighting that is going on. That is one aspect of having a breed band. But it's been proven over and over that the breed bands doesn't stop organized dog fighting, no. unfortunately. What it does is, one, they keep going underground. They don't give a shit about bands that are not enforced. They're going to keep breeding their pit bulls in their basements and have their underground dog fighting operations. But also, if it does get harder for them to get pit bulls, they're not going to stop having dog fights. No, they're just going to bring in another type of dog uh, breed right. and keep doing what they're doing. So, no, that's not how you stop these people. You have to arrest them and put them in jail. Absolutely. 
and find them, hit them where it hurts, make them pay for it. I don't know. It's, um, we, we definitely have a lot of work to do in the country, in the world, and how we educate and prosecute and punish. And I think, you know, one of the things I would love to see more of, and I, I don't know if I'm alone in this or I'm going to be judged for it, but I'd like to see public shaming. <laughs> <laughs> The people were standing in like those wooden, wooden right. thing where you put your hands yes. and your neck through holes yeah. and you have to stand there and yeah. be ashamed all day in front of people. Something like that. They have to wear like a sign on and, and stand there and, you know. You know, just like if you're a pedophile and you have assaulted children, you yeah. end up on the sex uh, registry. Right. Um, you know, so for your whole life, it's going to follow you. If someone Google your name, they're going to see that you have been convicted yeah. for a sex crime against children. The same thing should be like with people who hurt animals. It's like exactly. You should end up on a list. So whenever you try to rent a house, whenever you try to apply for a job or do anything, everybody's going to know no. how you treat animals. And they're going to treat you the same way. I would hope. But, you know, that's because that shows someone's character and that character is not good. Is that somebody you want to be in your life working for your company? You know, who abuse innocent children and I mean it, anything anyone who abuses children and animals is a well, you know my my theory and I won't say it out loud because it's going to be a very horrible thing to say on a podcast, but say it. You know, I'm just going to say feed them to the sharks. We were talking about how breed bans just uh, leads to more people getting confused about pit bulls. And one thing I want to talk to you about, Tiffany, is that the breed ban in Denver, it caused something like a witch hunt on pit bulls. You know, because it just got people thinking about it and looking out for it and just like obsessing with it. Um, So over the course of four years... The Denver Animal Protection received 2,200 calls from people uh, calling in thinking they saw a dog that was Pitbull and wanting them to come get it. 2,200 calls in four years, that's 600 calls per year, and that's two calls per day. Every day, two people will call in and be like, I saw a Pitbull, I saw a Pitbull. Oh my God, can you imagine the labor force that had to be, that's why it cost millions of dollars for this law, is they had to follow up and the time put for that. Instead of they could have been like fighting animal abuse and sexual abuse and other much more heinous crimes. It's just ridiculous. And you know, another interesting thing about these calls is that all of these calls, they come from mainly three zip codes in Denver. Ooh, oh, interesting. And these are low-income neighborhoods. What we often talk about uh, uh, in the case of uh, the bad rap and pit bulls is that it's not about the pit bulls, it's about the people who get pit bulls. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these uh, macho men stereotype who uh, will take and victimize these dogs are low income and uneducated and, uh, you know, it just fits the stereotype. Well, you know, when they get this data, do they any do they do anything about it? Like, do they have an aha moment and like we should fund it in that direction? No, they just don't do anything, right? That's the that's what's frustrating. Like, we all know this is information that's valuable, but it's not really 
cared about. Like people don't care about, you know, getting to the source and really uh, helping with education and and funding for things like spay and neuter. Instead, it's like, just ban it. Like, but you know, you, when you said witch hunt, okay, this is what it actually made, I'm gonna be a little negative because you know, sometimes I am, but this made me say, think to myself, we still haven't learned when we, we, we use that term witch hunt and we still haven't learned do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, of course I do. I mean, I was the one who used the term witch hunt. Yeah. Uh, but I think that describes the situation very well. It's perfect. and But, it's the- but you know, people do care. It's, you know, like I mentioned earlier, they actually lifted this ban. So now you can have a pit bull with a restricted breed permit. You know, people do care. There are organizations and uh, um, that are fighting for the dogs. I mean, so there's like two camps. Okay, good. Yeah. You always get, you always get, bring the the shining light where and I get into darkness. So thank you. Ying and the yang. Mm-hmm. And so one uh, group that actually does care and uh, is working for the pit bulls is the Coalition for Living Safely with Dogs. It's a Colorado group made up of veterinary associations and animal welfare groups. And they gather information and try to spread awareness, kind of like we do. Mm. So they made a report about pit bull bites and dog bites in general. Uh, And they find uh, that after the pit bull ban, this is how the different breeds have bit people, which is the Labrador Retriever is number one. In uh, one year, they had 54 bites. And the German Shepherds is right under, they had 49 bites. And then there's the American Bulldog with 41 bites. So, you know, the city of Denver is still struggling with a lot of dog bites. They even had more dog bites after they banned pit bulls. But, uh, and that's what this uh, uh, wonderful group is uh, trying to highlight, sending out information like this, uh, which is very important. But, you know, even if they send out a list uh, here uh, saying that the Labrador is now giving out the most bites, we would be laughed at if we proposed that Labradors are, <clears throat> are now going to be banned from right. Denver. Yeah, because Labradors are like the most popular dogs next to Golden Retrievers, right? And family dogs. And, you know, I mean, this is the thing. We need to learn from that because it's not about the dog. It's about the people. So that's, that's what's important to, to get from this whole podcast. I mean, can you imagine that there would be a breed ban on labrador retrievers no of course that's not. ridiculous well but it's not a ridiculous to ban pit bulls so exactly it's the same fucking thing and it's not funny because pit bulls have died because of this mm. yeah and it's just a waste of life and it's unnecessary and it's it's a waste of, it's just a waste on all together so but you know we've been talking about banning pit bulls and banning breeds and you know it is racist it is uh, racist against dogs, breeds, you know, but there is some things that are happening that are really a little bit more positive. Um, and it's still about the people, though. Should we talk about that, too? Yeah, let's put a more positive spin on the term breed ban, because it can actually be a good thing. Because breeding and breeding <laughs> is what we need to be banning is breeding and especially overbreeding of one type of the dog or type of breed is a problem, especially if it's something that, well, there's two reasons. One, it promotes abuse because it promotes a demand. So supply and demand. So that means they're pumping out puppies and keeping moms 
in cages and blah, blah, blah. We've had episodes on this. And so listen to that. But it also bans uh, breeds that are suffering because they've been overbred so much that they're like the squished face dogs, the Frenchies, the, um, and, and in particular, um, in Norway, they've recently uh, banded a breed. That's right. I think Norway is the first country to go uh, with a new uh, form of breed ban. They actually made it illegal to buy or breed both the bulldog and the King Charles Cavalier dogs because they are unhealthy in their natural form. We all know that the bulldogs tend to suffer. They have a difficult time breathing and they also have a, a hard time giving birth because they're just not shaped enough to be able to do that. And most of them end up having to have a cesarean. Um, and uh, the King Charles Cavalier, they have a lot of headache issues because their skulls are too small for their brains. And sometimes even their eyes pop out. Oh, Jesus. It's horrible. So no, in Norway, it's no longer allowed to breed these dogs. And it's for the dog's sake. So they don't suffer. Well, Norwegians seem to be a very uh, highly educated and advanced people is that racist to say <laughs> but why are they so why are they advanced than the rest of the country i think it's a lot of so norwegian rich and they invested in the people mm. and they have a bit more of a socialist culture mm. so it's so interesting because there is a, an investment in the, the people and that's what you what it's it's not and so that when you're investing your people you're able to start caring about more other things and that's, i mean that's like the famous gandhi quote that mm. the uh, a country can be judged on uh, how it treats its animals, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, it, it's exactly, because it, that's such a great statement. And Thank you, Gandhi. And when people are doing better, their animals are doing that's better. That's right. So, you know, that just says it all. to Norway. Yes. Thank you, guys. What other dogs should be banned for breed, um, overbreeding, in your opinion? Well, the French bulldog goes along in the category of the bulldog. Um, They have the same problems, respiratory problems. American Um, bulldogs too, right? uh, Yeah. English bulldogs, I mean. Yeah, it's the same. The smushed face, the more... And that's the thing. If you look back at the original French bulldog or the bulldog, their faces weren't smashed like that. Well, you know, uh, they were bred like that um, for a reason. And do you know what what that reason is? Uh, What is it, Louise? It's actually kind of funny. Uh, So the French bulldog was, um, ta-da, brought up in France. uh, But it was uh, uh, created for uh, prostitutes and pimps uh, to have when the guy wouldn't pay after sex. The dog would come up and bite him in the crotch. That's why they needed a flat nose. And so these dogs were trained to be crotch biters and attack when uh, the male clients didn't, you know, pay for their good time. I love that. That's actually makes me really like the Frenchie. (laughs) As much as I wish there wasn't so many of them in San Francisco or everywhere. Um, But that's a funny reason. So I like it. Don't you don't pay. You get bit in the, the crotch. 
But we don't uh, use French Bulldogs as pimps anymore, so they don't really need to have that short snout. So now we can breed them into longer snouts. Because that's actually the interesting thing about Norway. They're saying that uh, you can still have a Bulldog if you're passionate about it, but you got to crossbreed it with other breeds so that you take out the attributes that are damaging them. Mm. So you can go ahead and create a healthier version of the Bulldog. Uh, you know, you can have a mix of the dogs, <laughs> same with the Cavalier. So they're open to, you know, uh, still pre- preserving the breeds, but they still have to change in order to be approved mm. in their physical attributes. I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's great. Not only, I, I, but I think it's great that this is creating awareness. It, I mean, it says that the, that people are aware. That a lot of people are not aware. But majority of people aren't aware of this. Yeah, and the thing is that you know these breed bans have not only happened in Denver. They've been going around the world. People have been trying to inform the uh, breed bans, such as the ones on pit bulls. Um, that's what's going on over here. Whereas in Europe, they're inventing new breed bans that are actually about health for the animals and you know humane treatment of animals. So it's uh, hopefully that's just a new trend that's coming on overall in the trends of how you look at the dog politics. It's a contrast. It's definitely a contrast. And that's why, you know, we're sharing this information is, is, is just to, to create more awareness. And we hope that you will share this information with others. That's our, that's our, if we can make a difference in the world, as you can say, Louise, add a plus and less minuses, then, then, I don't know. I, f- I feel like I could leave this world feeling like I left something behind in a in a good way. You know, there are so many negative effects of breed bans. I feel like we can't even conquer them all. Uh, but one interesting one is, uh, you know, that. Uh, pit bulls and their parents are living in hiding uh, in these areas uh, that have the pit bull bands because you know a lot of people uh, they take their dogs and they run and they get out of the state and they actually have to move and such when these bands are you know taken into law Uh, but uh, a lot of people are not always aware of that is happening. They're not watching the news. They don't know what's going on. And then they like here and they're like, oops, I, I have my dog. Like, what do I do? And then uh, they don't, they get scared of having people know that they have a pit bull. So, uh, you know, if you have a dog that has a behavior problem, you're afraid to go get help from a trainer because you don't want to let anybody know that you have a pit bull. Or you're afraid to go and get veterinary care for your dog because you don't want to let people know you have a pit bull. So you're living in hiding. Mm. That is really, really sad. And I'm just going to take that into when you were talking about it, it made me think I was comparing it (laughs) much more extreme, but like how people used to have to hide, you know, their black people, um, there were slaves because they were like they had to hide them because in their home so that no one would know that they were the friends and family or that is so true right? it's the same thing or hiding that like hiding the jew in 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 germany in he, yeah it's like gosh can we learn from this doesn't work and this wrong and we can we can evolve as humans we can think bigger and better we really can so you know i I know we're evolving and it just doesn't feel like it's fast enough and you always remind me Louise that there is lots of good things and changes happening um and they are 
and I'm so grateful, you know, to when I think back, you know, when you think about how uh, women were treated in, in, we, we, we're still not there yet, obviously, but we, it was worse. <laughs> so we have evolved. Um, it just doesn't feel fast enough, um, but we are moving in the right direction. Thank you for reminding us of that, Tiffany, because uh, a lot of good things are happening, like over in Scandinavia, for example. How much time do we have in? Oh, we have enough time. Oh, should we wrap it up? It's time to wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening in today, and please help keep spreading the word. Goodbye. Ciao. Bye. They took my dog away. They treat him like a stray. I talk to God today. All dogs go to heaven. Heaven. I miss my dog. Heaven. I kiss my dog. Heaven. I miss my dog. Heaven. I kiss my dog. My dog had a name. Keep it his name and love. Through the flames, heaven, heaven.